Welcome to the Abbott Circle podcast. I'm Father Ambrose Christ, and I'm the novice master here at St. Michael's Abbey. We hope that you enjoy the following recording. To learn more about the Norbertines, visit theabbotcircle.com. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. And Father Norbert is going to begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Loving God, we ask for the light and the wisdom of your Holy Spirit to guide us. May we know your will for us in every detail of our lives, and most especially grant us the grace and the courage to do it. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, friends, for joining us today for this webinar, and thank you for your patience. It's been uh, delayed a few times. Of course, it's summertime, which means that uh, uh, we're all on a little bit more of a relaxed pace of life here. And so thank you for joining us sincerely. Welcome to St. Michael's Abbey. Welcome back to St. Michael's Abbey here in Silverado, California. If you're joining us for the first time today, well then, uh, and it's your first experience of our Abbey's webinar, just a little bit of some housekeeping before Father Norbert begins his presentation. We're recording the webinar today and we'll share the link with all of you who have registered. You're not able to see one another or to speak or uh, all you're going to hear is Father Norbert and, and me. But if you do have questions, we're very interested in hearing them. And at the bottom of your screen, if you will just click the question and answer button, you can type in your question. And hopefully, toward the end of the presentation today, we'll be able to take some of those questions and Father Norbert will be able to answer them. And we have very many people joining us today. So we won't be able to get to all of your questions, but you might hear it answered even in the course of Father Norbert's presentation. So we'll have some more business at the end and after we take some questions. And now I will just invite Father Norbert to take it away. Thank you, Father Ambrose. I can't do this without Father Ambrose. Uh, he gives me the confidence that we're gonna make it through this thing. Okay, <clears throat> uh, I was asked and a little bit surprised when I was asked by the prior to uh, do this webinar. And it, he said it was gonna be on attention economy. I never even heard that expression. So I said, like, I said, well, why are you asking me to do this webinar? And the prior responded immediately and said, because Father Norbert, you're one of the few people I know who had a smartphone and had it all, the bells and the whistles, and you don't have anything now. You made the choice to go back to the Stone Age. Now, that, this, that's not what this webinar is about, asking anybody to go back to the Stone Age. But I do want to share a few insights of having gone back, so to speak. And the interesting or intriguing title of our webinar Turning to your phone instead of God, I thought could also be rearranged uh, and could also have read, turning your phone into a little God. We have to be very, very careful. We have to be very, very careful because the Israelites in the desert made a molten calf. And we can very easily, very easily create our own little molten calves. And our phones and the devices we use for social media are great candidates for becoming all-consuming and pushing God to the side. So really the focus today 
is uh, the, 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 the virtuous use of social media. How can, I, how can I use it well? How can I use it as a good son or daughter of God? And I had a humorous little uh, event uh, that took place after I was asked to do this uh, webinar. I have been on a particular email program forever. But in the last few years, the ads really started getting to me. Uh, and sometimes I don't know why certain ads were always coming up, but I found it so distracting. I just wanted to answer my email without seeing all these ads popping up. So I looked into it and I found out that I had to pay extra money and I don't pay any money for that email otherwise in order to get rid of the ads. So I, I made the final leap uh, back to the Abbey uh, email system, which I had never been on before. And that's under the umbrella of Gmail. And there's no ads and I love it, but there's something that I'm not used to and I probably can disable it, but I haven't figured out how to do that yet. Auto-correct when you're, when you're emailing. So <clears throat> I have an expression that I use frequently when I speak and when I write, God is good. And by the way, that is true. Uh, <laughs> in case you were wondering. So the first time I'm writing this little email and I end it, God is good. And just before I press send, I looked up and saw that it had auto-corrected it to God is Google. <laughs> and I thought, oh boy, that's exactly what this webinar is all about. God is not Google. Okay. <laughs> now, attention economy. What does that mean? Well, what, what's important for us to know is that a lot of research has been done about our brains and our minds in this information-rich era. And one of the main conclusions that's important for us to keep in mind today is uh, by a psychiatrist who studied this a great deal, Herbert Simon. He writes, in an information-rich world, the wealth of information means a shortage of something else, a scarcity of whatever it is that information consumes. And what information consumes is rather obvious. It consumes the attention of its recipients. So I think we could probably all agree, we have a limited reservoir of attention. And if we allow ourselves to get swept into or sucked into the world of social media uh, to an extreme degree, we are squandering uh, our attention reserves. And so a, a big question that comes to a priest who's uh, advising the people of God is what kind of attention is left over for God? What, what amount of attention is left over for my loved ones? Am I giving God the attention that he deserves every day in my life? Am I listening to my wife, my husband, my children? Am I giving them the attention that they deserve? Or am I overusing the means of social communication and squandering too much and too recklessly my reserves of attention. So this is important. 
Uh, I grew up in an age uh, when I was young, I remember having one telephone in the house with a rotary dial. And if a person called and nobody was home, that was the end of it. They had, that, that, that person had to try to call again later. There were no answering machines. There was no, <laughs> I remember as a little kid, when our parents were not around, we would pick up the phone and we would talk about how the bees are talking on the phone because all you could hear is the dial talk. And we just thought it was so fascinating, but it was a relatively focused world of technology back then. Television was big, fat, and black and white with very limited programming. So I have to admit that today in this information rich world with so many means of social communication, I constantly feel overwhelmed. In fact, I've, I've titled this overwhelmingness syndrome. I have that five-star case of it. So uh, not long ago, uh, when I returned from my years in high school and, and elementary school administration, where I had to have a smartphone, I came back to the Abbey and Father Abbott said, oh, keep it, you can use it for a lot of things that will be helpful, et cetera. And all of that is true. But uh, about a year or so later, one day I, I realized I'm spending a lot of time, especially checking the news. Now, I, I grew up in a house of news junkies, or I should say my dad was a news junkie. What did that mean back then? We hurried through the end of supper to make sure that we were all sitting before the television for the six o'clock evening news. And that was like the biggest thing of the day to find out what's going on in the world. Newspapers were also big, but I, I, I got that in my bloodstream. So I was noticing that I was spending a lot of time following not only a news story, but then, you know, there's all the little sub stories and then there's the comments. And some of the comments made me angry. And when I turned my phone off and tried to go to bed, I noticed that I was angry and not falling asleep very well. So I thought one day, you know what? I got to stop this. I've got to go from a smartphone to a dumb phone. That's no connection to the internet. And I thought I probably nobody in the world has ever done this, but I went online to look at the dumb phones that were available to us on our program. By the way, I don't think dumb phone is the correct terminology, but I don't know what the correct terminology is. At any rate, you know what I'm talking about. So I, I found the dumb phone that I liked and you know how there's reviews on the internet for everything. So I just thought, well, I'm gonna look at the reviews. The first review was by a 21 year old college student who just ditched his smartphone and his comment was, I'm tired of carrying the world around in my pocket. I have a laptop at home. I have a computer at work. I have a telephone where I live. I don't need to take the world with me in my pocket. There's things I haven't done in a long time. I like to build furniture. I haven't built a piece of furniture in years. I thought, thank you, thank you. I wanted to hug that kid. Made an old man feel good for going back to the stone age. But it, the dumb phone didn't last long for me because we could not get a dumb phone that did not receive texts. I, <laughs> I can, and of course on a dumb phone, you're texting with all the little keys. It's like 20 times harder than texting on any other kind of phone. And it was just, I can't, so I'm have, I still have text messages. I have voicemail on a dumb phone. I have my landline voicemail. I have emails on, it's like, I have snail mail coming in. 
It's over, overwhelmingness syndrome. The world has just gotten, too, it's too heavy, it's too tight. And so I got permission to just limit myself to a landmine. And I just want you to know if you ever do have the opportunity and ability, which most of you don't, to actually cut loose your smartphone and even your dumb phone, there is life after smartphones. And I'm here to uh, be the living proof of that today. But most of us cannot do that. So the, the question is, how can we virtuously use our social media? How can we use it as good Christians, good followers of the Lord Jesus? That's important. Uh, we hear St. John telling us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And then we hear the same apostle saying, have no love for the world or the things of the world. So somewhere we got to navigate, we, we want to know about the world because we want to love the world. We want to pray for the world. We want to be aware of what's happening in the world because we can help the world. But we don't want to end up being sucked in by the things of the world or becoming so worldly that we don't have time for the one who created the world and who loved it so much that he sent his only son. So we're talking about virtue and Aristotle famously said, in medio stat virtus, virtue is in the middle. It's, it's a balance. It's navigating between extremes. So we really have to keep that in mind when we're using social media, we gotta be really, really careful not to go overboard. And for some of you, maybe I need to be careful not to go underboard. I have some angry people in my life. Well, I never hear from you. I don't know. So we have to be careful. There's all extremes we have to be careful about. Uh, the first question we, we could ask, Abbott Parker asked us this once in our novitiate classes, when you sit down to the table and you put some food on your plate, is your plate controlling you or are you controlling the plate? Uh, we could ask the same thing about our social media. Is my phone controlling me or am I in control when I'm using my phone? That's important because a virtuous man is in control of those things which could lead him into extremes and take him away from the virtuous center, the heart. Remember that this is about attention. And if overuse of social media scatters our attention, then virtuous use of social media helps us to gather our attention and to keep the reservoir uh, sufficiently full for all that it needs to be full for. And it's no mistake that many of the saints, Teresa Vavila is a perfect example, when they talked about the life of prayer, where we're giving our attention to God, they like to use the word recollection, which is recollecting, recollection of my energies, my attention, and my heart that has been scattered in many directions, bringing it together and turning it to the Lord. This is what we're talking about today is very important for our spiritual journey. So here are some practical things that we could consider uh, in our use of social media. Number one, reduce and eliminate ads. Sometimes ads can just, they can lead us down another track or they can tempt us. Uh, they can uh, muddy the water. So if there's any way that I can choose not to be seeing ads constantly. That's a, that, that's a, worth, a choice worthwhile looking at. 
especially if you tend to be a shopaholic. Uh, also, notifications. How many websites and news sites and other sites and other am I going to allow to put notifications on my screen so that my screen is constantly notifying me and asking for my attention? I should trim those down to the very necessary minimum. Otherwise, it's going to lead me farther astray. Each time, I'm going to widen the net. So reduce and eliminate when possible. Cutting back. Trimming down. Number two, uh, trust in God and turn it off when you are praying, and certainly when you're in church. We have to have trust that God's not going to let anything happen that will, uh, on which our eternal salvation depends if I turn off my phone and give him the next 20 or 30 minutes of my heart with undivided attention. Nothing awful is going to happen to me or anybody that I love because of that. In fact, some wonderful things might start happening because of that. Because that means I'm giving my heart to the Lord. So we really need to learn. Somebody, I asked somebody once, how is your prayer life going? He says, good. I said, describe your morning prayer. He says, well, the problem is I start praying and then I see that my office is sending me notifications and I want to kind of get a head start on what I need to be aware of for the day at work. And I said, no, 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 don't. Don't turn it on. Get up a half an hour earlier, and then you won't miss any of the notifications that came a half an hour later anyways. But don't turn your phone off. Trust in God. Jesus, I trust in you. All is well. You're in charge. And I put everything in your hands. Third, Turn it off during family time. I've been, I haven't been to a restaurant in a long time, but I can remember being in a public place where a family is eating in a restaurant and there's four or five cell phones on the table, old and young. And as people are supposedly talking to each other, they're looking at their phones, they're uh, texting things. Let's, let's turn off social media and listen to each other and give our children, our spouses, our friends, our loved ones, the time and attention they deserve. And remember, the first people in my life that I am committed to loving and serving, those right around me, my family, my community, my immediate circle, they deserve my attention first. After God, Nobody deserves it more. Now, it's true that there are many times when they're the last people I want to be paying attention to. But you know what? The more attention I give to my loved ones, even when it's not comfortable, the more I grow and become the person God wants me to be. My loved ones remind me of who I am and where I need to grow. They also are the first people to tell me what my problems are. You know, when little old ladies say to me after a talk, Father Norbert, you're just so wonderful. You're just so holy. I have my standard answer now. I say, I'm going to give you my mother's name and cell phone number, and you just give her a call and ask her how wonderful Father Norbert is. Our loved ones, they know us, and we can't be anything but genuine with them, and that sometimes is difficult, but it's good for the soul. Turn off your phone when you're with others. Also, uh, number four, seriously try to distinguish between truth and fantasy. 
really make that a quest. In other words, don't just swallow everything, but really ask yourself the question, can this be true? And if there's anything in your heart making you wonder, I wonder if this really could be true, make sure that you verify it from other sources that can be trusted before you let it take root or make you very angry or upset or emotional, et cetera. Uh, the, the angrier we are, the more stressed we will be and the less likely we are to uh, have that attention to give to those whom we love. Five, be less competitive. What am I saying here? Don't have to be the first person to know the news and the first person to spread it to others. Because some of us have the phone on all the time because we want to be the first. We want to know when the news breaks. We want to be there. We don't have to be there. Think of the Middle Ages. In the Middle Ages, there were people who didn't know for months, sometimes years, that what the results of the papal election were. <laughs> they had to wait. So if we have to wait three minutes or a half an hour, let's not feel bad about that. So let's don't be impatient. You don't, we don't have to be the first. There's a certain egocentrism there that we can counter by surrendering and letting somebody else be the first. Hopefully it's not that lady next door that always is first. Uh, <laughs> number six, the health of our soul comes first. So this should be obvious, but I'm saying it here. Uh, if your use of social communication is an occasion of grave or serious sin, then you've got to take dramatic steps. You know how many marriages have been destroyed by social communications? I, I knew a couple that I admired very much in a former life, and not former life, a former school assignment. And they were both working in the context of the school and had children. And I was shocked out of my mind to find out one day that she left him, which is usually the other way around, but she left him because of somebody she met on social media. And over time, it just became... I was shocked. They had beautiful children. The marriage was destroyed. It was over. And so that's one example. Is it pornography? Is it uh, uh, some form of adultery or inappropriate relationship? Is it looking for things that I know are not legal and I, I feel safer doing it on my phone because I don't have to walk into a store or go out on the street to find it? There's so many different ways we can misuse the means of social communication for the damnation of our souls, for the loss of our souls and of the souls of those committed to our care. So be very, very careful. Jesus said, if your hand leads you into sin, if your eye leads you into sin, cut it off. We might have to take drastic measures when we are dramatically failing because of our use of social media. We really have to come to terms with that. I attended a priest retreat when I was a very young priest in Rome. And one of the speakers was the papal preacher, Ranero Cantalamessa, Franciscan, very Italian. And he got up there and he's speaking to 10,000 priests in the Paul VI audience hall. And he said to all those priests in an age before the internet, if your television is taking you away from your prayer time, if your television is leading you into sin, unplug it and throw it out the window. And he was like gesticulating and yelling and very Italian, but he had a really good point. Sometimes 
if we're if we are gravely falling because of our misuse of social media, we might have to take dramatic steps. Salvation of our soul is number one. Those saints that said death rather than sin. I'm not asking you to kill yourself. I'm saying kill the phone if you need to. Seven, the health of our body and, and, and psyche is also important. We know too much screen time is bad for the eyes. It strains the mind, short circuits our attention, and also takes us sometimes away from outdoor pursuits that are so good for us. So be careful. My mother used to say to us constantly when we were growing up, go outside and play. Now that's good advice, although I realize it's not as doable in today's world as it was when I was growing up. I heard that all the time. Uh, getting close to the end here. Number nine, don't use social communication, social media as an escape. Anything in life can become an escape. But if we're escaping, that means we're not facing certain things that need facing. And when those things start to slide, we know it back in the back of our, uh, of our minds and hearts. We know that, and that starts to stress us out even more. And in the end, we can become a mess because we're not facing what we need to face. And we're using social media as an escape. It's an okay outlet, and it can be used for some light moments, et cetera. But we have to be very, very, very careful uh, to use it as an escape. And, and we need to ask ourselves our, the question, am I using it as an escape? Find, number 10, there's many other things I could say, but number 10, as far as the practical suggestions, don't let social media become the new babysitter in your home. Please do not put alcohol in your baby's bottle. In other words, I have seen parents hand the phone to their restless child because it's the one thing that's gonna, so that they can attend to other things. We gotta be so careful. I'm not saying that that's never ever acceptable, but we gotta be so careful because it's like, am I teaching my little baby from the time they're an infant uh, to use social media to medicate themselves, to calm themselves, to escape whatever it is. We have to be very, very careful. It's like putting alcohol in a baby's bottle, in my opinion. We have to be very, very careful. And when your older children say, well, why can't I have my cell phone with unlimited use, et cetera? All my friends' parents are letting them then please say what my mother always said to me, uh, when I asked questions, stupid questions of that type to my mother, she would say, I am not all of your friends' mother. I am your mother. And because I'm saying no right now, I am proving that I love you more than all those other parents put together. So get over it. That was my mother. She was good. Okay. Uh, I want to conclude this part of the presentation, then we'll have some questions, by reminding us of why we're having a webinar on this subject matter to begin with. Because our attention gets scattered and we start to forget what is most important. And we start to lose our supernatural perspective on life. We, we, we start to give our attention to so many things and people and issues and this and that that we, we sideline the big picture. And so I'm pleading with you 
today to keep the big picture in mind. We uh, read during our retreat, we always have reading at the Abbey during lunch, and we usually read deeply spiritual books. This year we read a novel. Sometimes during retreats we read a novel because it's another angle on the spiritual life. And we read this year uh, The Power and the Glory by Graham Greene, a really uh, fascinating novel, not for everybody, but it really touched me in many ways. But the part that got me the most, this is a priest in the Mexican revolution who did not sign on with the government and was in hiding and trying to help people. But in the end, he really didn't help people because he just continued to be a mediocre priest. He did a lot of drinking. He was on the run. He ended up fathering a child out of wedlock. Really a very unfortunate story. But in the end, the police caught him. And he saw many other priests go to the firing squad as martyrs. And he's in the prison the morning before his execution. These are the last thoughts that went through his mind before he was taken out to be shot. It seemed to him at that moment that it would have been quite easy to have been a saint. It would only have needed a little self-restraint and a little courage. He felt like someone who has missed happiness by seconds at an appointed place. He knew now that at the end, there was only one thing that counted, to be a saint. I just want to remind all of us of that today, because we are all called to be saints. Is my use of social media helping me to become the saint that God wants me to be? Or is it weakening me in my response to the call to be holy? St. Augustine said famously, and you all agree with me, because there's nothing new under the sun. These are bad times, hard times. This is what people keep saying. But let us live well, said Augustine, and times shall be good. We are the times. Such as we are, such are the times. In other words, do we want to be informed about the news? Or do we want to transform the news? Do we want to make news by becoming a saint and changing the world for the better? Or do we just want to fill our heads and hearts and minds with news, endless news? Augustine also said famously in the city of God, we must fly to our beloved homeland. And so, Today, I want to remind all of us, we have to take off if we want to be a saint. And that sometimes means leaving certain things that tie us too much to this earth behind, at least for a time. Is my use of social media keeping me on the ground, earthbound? It's time to fly, children of God. So let us fly to our beloved homeland and be very careful and virtuous in the way we use our social media. And final uh, tip, which is uh, no tip at all. It's one of the great secrets of the spiritual life. If you're really struggling with all of this, you can start by turning to the mother of the Lord, your mother, 
my mother, and say, Mother Mary, give me your heart, and I will be able to figure this out, but I cannot do it unless you give me your heart, and then I know I will find your son. Amen. Okay, thank you so much, Father Norbert, for that beautiful presentation and a very beautiful motivation at the end, too. That's what we all need a lot more of. Mm. Andrea loves your mother, she says. Oh, my even my earthly mother. <laughs> that's, that's right. She loves, she loves your mother's wisdom. Yes. <laughs> that's good. Father Norbert, I have some questions that have been coming in to maybe continue yes. the conversation. Okay. Uh, and you're going to help me with the questions too, okay? Okay, if you Just want me to. I'm getting tired. <laughs> First of all, um, do you think, Father Norbert, that it's possible to use uh, social media content? This is a, strange, a little bit of a strange question, but is there a way to counteract the bad, the bad use of social media or information online or on the phone by, can we counteract that with, good things. So if I'm inclined to spend a lot of time consuming information, in your opinion, is it a good place to start might be, well, just be sure that that information I'm consuming is good and holy kind of yeah. information. Is that, would that yeah. be a place to start? Yes. Or, and is that sufficient? Yes. Or do you think that, that uh, maybe we have to be driving toward a moderation which is not just about continuous consumption. Well, I okay, yes and yes. Uh, in other words, yes, that's a good place to start to 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 scale back. And 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 when we're using social media for the sake of the kingdom of God, our retreat master this year said to us, anything that is not going to be significant to you, anything that's not going to be uh, that you're not going to consider significant on your deathbed. Uh, don't take too seriously right now. So if we were to start to focus more on the things that we know last and, and make us different and better. But on the other hand, we have children, we have spouses, we have the faithful to take care of, we have time to give to the Lord in prayer. I can't tell you how many priests tell me, I don't have time to pray. Then you start asking, them, well, tell me about your day, how much time they spend on social media. Wait a minute. So continuous consumption, even of good, is not going to be good for us. We have to leave space for the Lord. And we're not going to do that if we're just constantly consuming. We're, our attention will be riveted by good things, but not being given directly to the Lord in prayer, for example, or to my, my daughter, whom I haven't really sat down with and, and spoken to for a while in uh, the last three months. Gosh. So let's be very careful because we could fool ourselves by just all of my sites are holy sites. Okay, but be careful. Anything can become a God uh, with a small g. Anything can become an idol. We have to be very, very careful. I might add to that, Father Norbert, to the um, I had the experience in just the last year of being able to unplug. My life here in the monastery means that I can't unplug completely. Right. And I have a cell phone, I have an iPhone, and I have all of these instruments, which, of course, that means like everybody else, I too have to be moderate or strive for moderation in those things. I had the experience during our retreat of unplugging completely. 
And I was so delighted to find myself doing things that I hadn't done in a long mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. reading poetry, mm -hmm. for instance. Right, right. The thing that I thought, why have I, why has it been so long? Yeah. So of course, if it's your family and there's the daughter that you haven't spoken to in three months, that's much, much more important than right. my reading poetry. But the point remains that for all of us, I think that we might consider what have I lost right. in this information glut? Okay. What have I lost? Okay, Andrea, that's my mother saying, go outside and play. <laughs> go outside this little world that we're stuck yes, in yes. And, and do the things that bring joy. A very practical question comes to mind about this, Father Norbert. Advice from a wise priest. Every family in my priestly experience asks this question. So I'm asking you this question on behalf of all of these good people. At what point do you think a young person should have the cell phone? <laughs> oh, that's a terrible question. But it's an important question. It is an important question, yeah, because I remember how parents were so angry in, in the schools where I worked. We, we never permitted the kids to have a cell phone with them. And... Uh, and of course, they're like, well, what if something happens? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? But we just, we forbade it. And if a cell phone was on, uh, and it found on their, on their person, it was confiscated and had to be, the parents had to come in and get it personally. And then they would get a little talk mm -hmm. from, uh, so I, I would say, certainly there's aspects or times of life where, as Father Ambrose just talked about the retreat, where there's not the slightest question, but there may be situations where, uh, a child of a certain age or a young person better have a phone with them. So there's contact between the parents while they're at a certain activity. And yet then how do we, how do we spare the child from becoming sucked in to something else? Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's an easy answer, but I think if parents are aware and if they love and if they talk to their kids and if there's a, if there's a, we have a policy in the monastery, very seldom uh, used, but we know the abbot can open any letter that ever comes to this monastery anytime he wants, personal, whatever. Yes, he can interfere with the US mail coming into my <laughs> box and open it and see what my mother's saying to me about him if he wants. Uh, he'll be disappointed if he opens those letters. Uh, he can do that at any time. And there should be some kind of a policy like that in families where mom and dad have they always have the right of access. Not that they're always using that right, but anything you do, if you are using it, should be something that you would be perfectly proud for your mom and dad to see. And every once in a while, you know, we may need to look into something. So some, that kind of a policy is very important for moving forward, whatever you decide, for di and different age levels, different plans too. And I would maybe just add to that too, Father Norbert, thank you very much. I think that's good guidance to start. But then to circle back to the beginning of your presentation too, there must be in every family times when no one is allowed to have that phone, right. the dinner table, yeah. as you said, whilst at prayer. <laughs> so, and that's a good place maybe to start if it feels ungainly in your family. Right. That's a good place of, okay, we can at least pair this away. Right. Plus, and that's a great uh, educating education opportunity for mom and dad before every meal, before every time we pray together, let's all make sure the phones, the social media is off. Let's all take a moment to do that. The Catholic Church could take a lesson from those parents too, because we need to educate. Even in the monastery, we need to make those announcements more often because people get distracted and forget. So if you do that regularly, you're also 
cultivating a habit in your kids. Gosh, when I pray, I turn this off. So your child is not the one when he grows up whose phone is going off during the sermon. I have to say, Father Norbert, I want to add something I've noticed. I'm in this in-between generation. I grew up with none of this except for the rotary phone on the wall and then the wireless phone and then all of this. And I'm in that in-between generation. Um, I also didn't grow up with, with a cell phone. That, that was I never had a cell phone until I entered the monastery. Right, I can right. imagine that. But the, we see generationally there, I think people are inclined to different abuses. The oldest generation, and maybe perhaps those who, many who are watching this webinar, their particular sin, as it were, is that they don't know how to use the technology well. So they're the ones whose phones ring at mass. <laughs> they're the ones who don't know. So we were joking around about this before the webinar. And it's not because they're trying to be disrespectful, right. but they don't understand the technology to be able to use it well. Right. Whereas I've noticed the millennials never have their phone ring at inappropriate places. Interesting. Yeah. They never do oh, wow. because they it's so ingrained that they right. turn them off. Right. So it's interesting. Okay, old folks, let's learn a lesson from the younger generation. <laughs> they can teach us things. That's good. <laughs> So, Father Norbert, another another question. Uh, this is just very practical and, and wise. You know, you you uh, encourage the folks here, and I just did the same thing to put the phone away when you're in church. Don't use it. Someone asked, "Well, what if my prayers are on my phone? <laughs> what if during the liturgy I'm following the liturgy of the hours or something with texts that are on the phone?" Right. No, that that that's a good question because I have seen some of our fathers, younger priests with their phone in the church uh, and looking at it. And, I, and I, in, the, in the early days, when I first started seeing that, I would think, what is he doing? And of course he was praying, doing the, uh, the office or whatever, without having to go up and grab the big books out of the choir. So yeah, that's a, uh, I don't know, whatever you got, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's using it. When you're actually using it to help you pray, that would be like the highest use of, tech, of, of social mm -hmm. media, but we have to be careful. We do have to be careful about people around us and the example we're giving. So just try to weigh all of those things. By the way, somebody said to me, if I, if, if I turn my phone off and if the priests turn their phones off, what if somebody's dying and the call comes for the anointing? I wanna tell you what, I think fewer people are getting the anointing of the sick when they're dying today than when before cell phones, why? Because if priests have their cell phones on all the time, the cell phone is taking their attention and, and making them less energetic and lulling them into a different way of life where they're less likely to perk up and respond. And I think it's true of all of us. So we shouldn't be afraid to turn off, but uh, we can also try to use old fashioned means of prayer books, et cetera. Uh, although I realize that sometimes that's not practical. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I try not to use social media in the, well, I, I don't use social media, but sometimes I read my Kindle at church. It's one of those paper whites, so it doesn't have internet or anything, but I feel guilty doing that. But it has big print. It's, these are all, as far as just a technological device, a technology, a means of technology, there's really no difference whether it's something like the Kindle or the newspaper or the or the illuminated manuscript. All oh, of these right, were right, devices. Right. These are these are all tools. In other Correct. Words. Right. I saw a funny um, a funny thing online a number of months ago. Someone, the first screen is someone complaining about everybody's on the phone on the subway. Can you believe it? In the picture of everybody with their face in the phone. Another photograph followed it from about seventy five years ago. 
a subway in New York, everybody had their face in the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, so we can we can look for distraction in any number oh, of absolutely. technology. Absolutely. So no. very good. Father Norbert, maybe just to dig in a little bit to the the very necessary spiritual um, turn. I choose that word deliberately, conversion. <laughs> if one of us finds him or herself trapped in the escapism of these means of technology, I find myself, I wake up one day and I find myself, wow, I am addicted to my phone. What's the next step, Father Norbert? What do you think, where do I go from there? Okay, well, we need to get help. And there's two, two places we need to get help. First and foremost, from God. St. Teresa says, if you're stuck in a pattern of serious sin and you can't get out of it, you're not praying enough. You need to pray more. So we need to, uh, we need to up the, the time that we're giving to our Lord and we need to ask him for help. But if we are addicted to anything, we are not going to get over that by ourselves without help. So a good confession would be a way to get spiritual help from another, from the church, from the body of Christ. But we may very well need the help of my spouse, of my good friend, of a counselor. It depends on how stuck I am. There's a few people in the world, like my famous mother, who stopped smoking after I don't know how many years of chain smoking and just went cold turkey overnight. Wow, that's pretty. But a lot of people cannot do things like that. So we need to be humble enough to seek help and not think I can do all this on my own. We need others to know that I'm vulnerable and I'm in need of healing. And please support me in that and help me to get the help I need. Does that make sense? Yes, it does, Father, right. And it reminds me of another point that I, I was thinking about during your presentation too, just from the perspective of another priest. I've often thought over the years about this question of, well, people say, I use these means of technology for all good things. I'm following all of the Catholic news sites and I'm following all of the news of the world and the Catholic world and the Catholic church's response and so forth and on and on. And it often occurs to me, I think, well, I've also seen personally just how devastating uh, what's going on when someone has the whole world in his or her pocket, how devastating, how can that can ruin someone's life? Really, I think we have to remember that these very powerful instruments, they're very powerful for the good, but they're also extraordinarily powerful for the evil. And the devil owns the internet. Yeah. The world uses the internet. The church uses the internet, but the devil owns the internet. That's a good, I like the way you put that. You know, so we just have to remember, I think that Wherever I'm finding good things, there's always going to be something lurking just out of reach that the devil wants me to turn right, to. Right, right, right. Absolutely. And, you know, that reminded me, the question came up once, should a priest, could a priest ever use social media on the altar, like if he's on a vacation and he doesn't have a missile, could it ever be used on the altar as the missile? And there was lots of, uh, but Father uh, McNamara uh, on his uh, the website from, um, what's that website? The news website from Rome, Zenit. Zenit, yeah. He answered that question very, very beautifully. He said, a, a missile, an, an, an ordinary altar missile 
is, is consecrated to God for that purpose. And it only ever glorifies God on the altar by being uh, uh, used by priests for, and the people. For, but he said, if you put a, a laptop or a tablet or a phone on the altar, we know that phone has been used for ill. It's owned by the devil, as you just put it. There, somehow it's not consecrated entirely to God. It's, it's an openness to things that are not God. So mm -hmm. therefore he said, no, we should not replace ever a missile that's consecrated to uh with something like that i thought it was very interesting yeah, that's a beautiful that's right because if the liturgy instructs us and it's, it's the most important place where we learn about how we stand in relation to god yes. so we can then think about that even for my own right. personal life if right. i couldn't use this to glorify god in liturgical worship right then I better mistrust it. In right. And let's say that that I bet every priest who's ever used a cell phone on the altar to make up for the missile has at least sent one angry email <laughs> to a prisoner that he regretted sending later. And that anger is on the altar. Yes, there it is. It's not, in other words, yeah, we, we, it may be that small, but still it's. Good. Father Norbert, we're, we're coming close to the end of our time together. Father Norbert and I are anxious to get to midday prayer so that we can we can also represent our community in that beautiful way and so we're going to conclude for now friends and before i ask father norbert to conclude with prayer i just want to remind uh, everybody that you will receive if you've registered all of you who are here today registered for this webinar you'll receive a link with the recorded webinar and please share it with your friends and family it's a it's a good way to spread some of the the good things that happened here at saint michael's abbey because as we know, the world is a mess right now. It's always been a mess, just for your information, since Adam and Eve fell. The only spiritual, the only solution to the, the, the problems of the world is a spiritual solution. And that's always been true. So, so we, we hope to help to contribute to the solution by the work that we do here at St. Michael's Abbey. And we're grateful for your support mm -hmm. for the work that we do here at St. Michael's Abbey. So thank you for being our friends and thank you for spreading the good word so that we can find more friends. We are a quickly growing community. Uh, we're pushing 90 members now, 32 seminarians in just a little over a month. In fact, a month from today, there will be 10 more young men joining our, mm -hmm. our community. So thank you for your help. We need your help and we're grateful for your help. And look forward to the things that show up on the Abbot's Circle, which is a great place for you to find a lot of uh, powerful um, spiritual remedies for the things that might be ailing you and ailing the world. Father Norbert, would you please conclude with prayer? Yes. God is good. God is not Google. Don't forget it. <laughs> Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, pray, pray for, for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, friends. Goodbye. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Abbott Circle Podcast. If you enjoyed listening or were spiritually nourished, please leave a review to help our podcast grow. Thanks again. God bless you.